humans. Hello, hello, hello. Good Monday morning to you, humans of the Twin Cities and Minnesota and maybe the world beyond since we're live streaming. Hello, this is Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio. I hope your week is starting well. I mean, it's July. Um, it means we will not have snow in Minnesota. I think that that's pretty certain. And I have a fantastic show for you here. Um, but before I begin, I want to parenthetically just throw in here. You know, we had our inaugural one-hour-long show last week. Um, and uh, it was... Phenomenal. Uh, the, I've got responses from various people who wrote, emailed me and told me that they really liked the show and they liked the format. I'm hearing that I'm inspiring people, which, of course, you know, that's all I'm really trying to do in the world. And so thank you for listening. And if you like this show, and of course, if you're brand new to it, you have no idea what it's about. But if you like this show, please tell others about it. For those of you who are new and regular listeners, sorry, you're going to have to hear this, who are new, my name is Ellie Krug, um, and the reason that you hear what sounds like a man's voice associated with a woman's name is that I am transgender. I'm one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. Duh, I said that. It's the last time I'll say it in the show. And so, yes, this is different. I am different. I am actually, quote-unquote, other in our society. And I've built this show around the idea, because uh, I'm also an idealist, a hopeless idealist. It's in the official bio. I've built this show around idealism and speaking about idealists. And so in my first segment, my A block, um, I'm always um, – my goal is to speak about an idealist, somebody who has done work in the past. And we have a fantastic show because I'm going to, in my second block, talk about – uh, talk to a, a young idealist, a 12-year-old idealist who's trying to create a great pride parade in a Chicago suburb. And then in my third block, I'm going to speak about another youth. So this show is focused on young people, on youth, idealistic youth, on the authenticity of youth who are allowed to soar and the wonderful things that can happen when people are allowed to soar and also what happens when you do not allow them to live authentically or soar. So there you go. That's what this show is about. And I want to begin off, begin by speaking about an idealist um, who, we, who we lost at age 22. But before he went, he did much. This person's name um, is Dan Eldon. He was born in London in 1970 um, to... Um, um, somebody who was British as well as an American. And that American, and the reason I know about Dan Eldon is that the American, his mother, um, was an Iowa native, uh, Kathy Eldon. And, um, and she was uh, from Cedar Rapids, where I grew up. Yes, it's the second show. Last week we talked about Cedar Rapids. You're getting it again, but that's all the only connection here. So Dan Eldon, born in London in 1970, but Soon after being born, his family moved to Kenya because his father had a um, high-level job in the computer industry, and he was in charge for that company for Eastern Africa. Um, Dan, uh, Dan Eldon uh, grew up in Kenya, um, got to explore Kenya, and um, ended up going to the um, uh, uh, Kenya International School. I'll get to that in a second. But because his family was um, fairly educated, was educated, and, and um, of course white, um, living in Kenya, they attracted a number of different visitors. So if you go to the official website for Dan Eldon, and I'm going to, I need to actually give you that site before I go further. It's, I'm getting many, much of my Im um, information, some of it from Wikipedia, but the other information is from a website called Quote, the journey is the destination, unquote. I'll hopefully cite that again before I'm done. But because the Eldon household in Kenya had a lot of visitors, visitors ranging from frog researchers, opera singers, filmmakers, and reporters, Dan started getting exposed to different views, to different people, and understanding that the world was a big, big place. Um, and when he was 12, Kenya underwent a coup, um, and Dan saw the aftermath of that. Dan's mother, um, Kathy Eldon, is a journalist. 
and she started taking Dan along on her assignments. Dan had a camera. Dan started taking pictures, and soon those pictures were showing up in local newspapers. And as a teen, Dan had this streak, and this is a common theme with our idealists, is that they start to understand the need to help other people. And Dan was one of those idealists. So when he was 14, he started fundraising a fundraising campaign um, to raise money for open-heart surgery for one of his friends, a young Kenyan girl who was 14. When he was 15, Dan helped support a, a Maasai family by buying their jewelry and then selling it to students and friends at his school. In high school, he organized fundraiser dances, fundraising dances for various charities. And when he graduated from the International School of Kenya in 1988, he was voted the most outstanding student and given the International Relations and Community Service Awards. Our idealists um, show up at an early age. After high school, he went to live in New York City, where he, at 19 years old, he worked for Mademoiselle Magazine. Not long after that, he was in college at, the UC, at UCLA, where he began organizing aid efforts for refugees in Mal, uh, Malawi. He and his friends raised $25,000, and later he and 15 others drove in a convoy of three vehicles from Kenya to Malawi, where they donated a vehicle to save the children and gave money for three wells and blankets, money for blankets at a hospital. There were other adventures in, in Africa, and before he died, Dan had visited, before age 22, by age 22, he had visited 46 countries. Can you imagine that? The, the openness, the, the, the curiosity about the world. In the summer of 1992, when Somalia was gripped with famine, Dan went there and he started taking photos. Soon the international news agency Reuters hired Dan and his photos began appearing across the world in various publications. And in fact, in June of 1993, Newsweek, you know, Newsweek, that magazine, ran a double-page spread that including, included Dan's photos. May I remind you, he was 22 years old. And Dan was on the beach when the U.S. Marines landed in Somalia. You may remember that. They, they went to Somalia on a rescue mission, an aid mission, because the people of Somalia were dying and they were in the grips of, of a civil war. Dan lived in Mogadishu. He started a business selling T-shirts and caps and bags. He had a cult T-shirt that read, Viva Somalia, thank you for not looting. Um, and uh, by some accounts, he was so popular that he could, he knew warlords as well as generals and um, high-level officials in the aid world. And in fact, um, if you read one thing, he was called the mayor of Mogadishu because he had befriended so many people. Can I, remi can I remind you that he was 22 years old? Now, all of that changed in the summer of 1993 when the violence in Somalia and Mogadishu began to increase. And on July 12th, um, U.S. Marines... Um, in an effort to capture a bunch of warlords in Mogadishu, bombed an area of the city, and by mistake, they didn't get the warlords, and they killed a bunch of innocent civilians. Um, and, of course, that set the framework for Black Hawk Down. When Dan heard about the bombing, um, and some of his Somalia friends, Somali friends came to him and said, Dan, please, you need to go and take photographs of what's happened. So Dan and two Reuters colleagues and an AP reporter, Associated Press reporter, got in their vehicles and they went to the area of the bombing. Unfortunately, while they were in that area, local citizens rioted. And unfortunately, Dan and his three colleagues were murdered. He was only 22 years old. Now, before he went, he recorded... His young, remarkable life, again, 46 countries, in journals. I'm a huge fan of journaling, and this is a reason why, because it creates a legacy and a record. His journals and his pictures became the basis for a film. The Journey is the Destination is the name of the film. You can go and watch that film on Netflix, and I urge you to do that. His mother, Kathy Eldon, later founded the Creative Visions Foundation, which supports artists pursuing activism and social change through their art. 
By the age of 22, Dan Eldon had made his mark as an idealist. As an example to all of us about having no borders, no boundaries, no bars, and living with an open heart. His work affected millions of people. He created an example for what it means to be an open human, to be an idealist, to be a humanist, to be somebody who cared about strangers, about people whom he did not know, but nonetheless were humans who were in need. He is, his story is the epitome of what it means to be an idealist in this world. So young and so early to die, yes, but before he went, he spoke to all of us, and his words are there just for the taking. All you need to do is go to the website, The Journey is the Destination, or go to Creative Visions Foundation. Wow. That's what this show is about. Highlighting humans, making a difference in the world. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple, or email me at lejkrug at gmail.com. I love hearing uh, from my listeners. When we come back, um, I will speak with Molly and Carolyn Pinta, and you'll hear a great story. Thanks. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Hi, everybody. Make plans to attend the one and only Powderhorn Art Fair on Saturday and Sunday, August 4th and 5th in the heart of South Minneapolis and picture-perfect Powderhorn Park. Experience and purchase original artwork from more than 230 artists. Spend time with your family and friends creating your own work of art at over half a dozen art stations. And don't forget to grab a bite to eat from over 25 different food trucks. So join us on Saturday, August 4th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., or Sunday, August 5th, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. or both. The Powderhorn Art Fair is proudly brought to you by Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association in collaboration with the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board with a generous gift from the Metropolitan Regional Art Council. Again, join us for over 230 artists, 25 food trucks, and six arts experiences on August 4th and 5th. So we'll see you there at one of the most local art fairs around. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Have you ever wondered what it was like to be an artist in the Soviet Union? I'm Vladimir von Surikov, director of the Museum of Russian Art, and I invite you to explore our exhibition Art in Conflict, running through September 1st. It juxtaposes Soviet socialist realists against nonconformist artists from the latter decades of the Cold War. This is a rare chance to see connections and conflicts inside the Soviet art world. For more information, visit tmora.org. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is Jasia from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. My wife and chef Carrie and I invite you to enjoy our local seasonal fair along with thoughtfully chosen wine and beer lists, a refreshing cocktail selection, and continued dedication to outstanding service. Nightingale's freshly remodeled patio is perfect for dinner, happy hour, brunch, and late night fun. We offer our full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m. Two award-winning daily happy hours and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com.
are back on Ellie 2.0 Radio. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug. Um, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you that story about Dan Eldon. Um, it'll stick with you. And I highly, highly recommend that you go to the website uh, about the movie and that you check out um, the nonprofit uh, that his uh, mother has started, um, as I related in the last segment. Now, keeping with our theme about children, about youth being empowered to be idealistic, our theme about how once people live authentically, they show up in amazing ways, I have um, with me on the line um, an amazing 12-year-old, Molly Pinta from Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Molly, are you on the line? How are you? Great. How are you? I'm I'm just great. And we also have her mother, Carolyn. Carolyn, you're there as well, are you not? I am. Thanks for having us, Ellie. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled to have you. So, listeners, this um, this segment um, is, as you know, I usually talk, try and talk with idealists or people doing idealistic work. And I uh, saw a story about Molly um, last late last week about something incredible that she's doing. Molly, you are. 12 years old, um, I'm, I'm guessing what, going into 8th grade or 7th grade? 7th grade in Buffalo Grove, Illinois, and you have decided to create the very first gay pride parade in Buffalo Grove. Do I have that right? Uh-huh, yes. Okay. All right. And mom, you have said, do it, girl, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay, so Molly, tell me, first of all, how did this come about? How did a 12-year-old? Well, maybe back up. How big is Buffalo Grove? You know, that's a good question. I want to say, hold on, Daddy's Googling it here for us, but it, it is pretty large, at, at least 80,000 residents. Okay, so it's a big town. All right. And so um, that would be the equivalent uh, here of, like, uh, Rochester uh, or sort of Duluth. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, all right. So, Molly, how did you get to the point where... Um, you decided that Buffalo Grove, town of 80,000 people, give or take, needs to have a pride, a gay pride parade. Well, when I went to Aurora's Pride Parade, I was just really amazed, and it was so beautiful and so accepting. There was rainbow everywhere, and I was just imagining it in my town and that it would be so amazing. And I think Buffalo Grove really needs this because it's not like somewhere where you see rainbow everywhere. I would assume it might be somewhat an accepting town, but we just don't see gay people everywhere. It's not that common, and we want to normalize it. Okay, so you were in Aurora, Illinois. You went to their gay pride parade, yes? And it was wonderful, yes. Okay, and and they had, a, I assume, a festival as well associated with it, right? They actually didn't have a festival because it was their inaugural parade, uh, and they weren't sure exactly how everything would go, but it was so wonderful and so well attended. They had 5,000 people that in their application for next year, they are already putting through for it to be a whole weekend festival. Okay, so so Mom and uh, Molly, I mean, Molly, how did you even get to Aurora? I mean, obviously your mom took you, but... What what was it that caused you to say, I want to go to the Aurora um, Gay Pride Parade? Um, to Aurora's, we have... Um, Thomas Myers. Oh, yeah. My, um, um, my mom's colleague, um, fellow Spanish teacher, Miss Myers, um, is going to that parade because that's where she lives, and we were going to go with her and her family and her... Um, family member um, is gay and has a husband, so we wanted to go with them. Okay. All right. So you go to this parade, and and, and listeners, um, many of you know Buffalo Grove is one of the outer ring suburbs in Chicagoland, um, and so you go there, and, you, and Aurora is also another outer ring su- suburb, and so you go down to Aurora, you see this, and Molly, it causes you to think that you needed to have a parade in Buffalo Grove, right? Yes. Okay, and so what have uh, so you've come back to Buffalo Grove and you said we're going to do a parade in 2019. What have you done, and what kind of reactions have you had to that? Um, we've had a, we've had some good and bad. We've had a lot of positive. I've been in um, 
many newspapers and social media articles and what people are saying in these articles is very positive but then we've also had some hate comments but then with those hate comments there have been lots of replies people have shut them down and people are defending me okay so um and and uh and what you know what is it about you molly okay that makes you willing to do this i mean um, I, I don't want to out you, but feel free to out, out, free, feel free to out yourself. Gee, I'm definitely not already out. Um, <laughs> I'm not a very shy person, really, and I've always been able to express my feelings. Okay. I've just been very comfortable with myself. Okay. All right. And so do you... you tell him you are gay. How? Oh, um, yeah. And, and I am gay, so I wanted to do this okay well that's great and um and, and just for future reference the pronouns are she and her um thank you sorry that's okay don't worry about it i know it's radio and and uh, trust me my listeners know that this is an ongoing issue when i interview people on the on the radio so uh-huh. um so so all right but molly there's something about you okay and this is why i'm really talking to you there's something about you. I mean, there's one thing to go to a gay pride parade and be, you know, to be lesbian and say, oh, this was a wonderful experience. That's one thing. It is a whole different level of idealism, and it is idealism at this point, to say, uh, I'm going to do this in my town. And so, you know, what, what is it in your background? I mean, um, what, what caused you to believe that you could dream and that you could dream to connect people and do things like that? I'll jump in here just for one second, then I'll let her piggyback off of me. Um, In our family and... uh Right here in our family, like I've already said, it's uh, it's completely normal to be gay. Molly has never known any difference. My husband's brother, her uncle is gay, and we attended and were in his wedding to his longtime boyfriend last summer. Um, also, one of my best friends from college is gay, married to a woman, and they have a son and another baby on the way. Um, my husband teaches at a very progressive high school where one of our dear friends there is gay and has two children with whom Molly has always been friends. So to Molly, it's it's when you get married. Or, yeah, it's just normal, you know? Just two, two people love each other, so it's normal. And so it's atrocious to us when other people don't see it that way, that these are just human beings who are choosing to love somebody different than perhaps you are and we just we have to fight against that with all our might the negativity okay what really makes me so sad is to hear stories of children who have been kicked out of their houses or disowned just because they because they want to love someone different it makes me so sad at how horrible people can be well and molly um, when we come back from our break um uh, and if you listen to the rest of the show, because this is being taped, you'll hear a story in my next segment about exactly what you just said. Listeners, we've been speaking with uh, Carolyn and Molly Pinta from Buffalo Grove, Illinois, about Molly's pushing to have a gay pride parade in Buffalo Grove. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Also, uh, email me at lejkrug at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. When we come back from our break, uh, we'll talk more with Molly and Carolyn. Which I never Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years. Celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Hi, this is Charlie. My dad is Minnesota's wildly popular and handsome radio host, Matt McNeil. Did I say that right, Dad? Perfect! When I got my driver's license, my parents let me drive a Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota. I love it. It's easy, comfortable, and hauls all my baseball gear. And my parents love the safety. That's why they wanted me in the Sienna. Thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota, my son is safe as he begins his driving adventure. We're a two Sienna family thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota. Visit them today in Golden Valley at 169 and 394. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. 
More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today has a 20% chance of showers with a high of 82. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 63. Tuesday will be sunny with a high of 84 and a low of 65. Wednesday, another chance of showers with a high of 80 and a low of 60. AM950 is brought to you by Ferndale Market. The third generation turkey farm started in 1939. Their turkeys are raised without antibiotics. And the temperate months rotated through acres of fresh pasture. You can find their turkeys in local grocery stores across Minnesota. Check them out at FerndaleMarketOnline.com. And we are back on Ellie Ellie 2.0 Radio. Hello, hello, humans. We are having a great interview here with Molly and Carolyn Pinta from Buffalo Grove, Illinois, talking about Molly's idea to... Uh, now, remember, Molly's a 12-year-old. Uh, idea to create a gay pride parade in Buffalo Grove, Illinois, a town of a city of 80,000 people. And we have a 12-year-old leading the way. So uh, before we broke, I was, you know, uh, asking Molly about how it is that she is so idealistic. And I heard about in her background a lot of people who are LGBTQ and, um, and an atmosphere in the household that uh, intolerance it won't be tolerated. So, Carolyn, um, I want to ask a little bit about you because what I am finding as we do this show, when I ask people, why are you idealistic, what is it about you, I'm always finding that there are role models for the person who is the idealist. And obviously I'm, I'm getting the sense from you that you are a role model for Molly, your only child. Um, and But Mo, what is it about you, Carolyn? What happened in your background that got you to where you are that you would be so incredibly supportive of Molly and and now her work? And I think that, that I would urge the two of you to remember that phrase the work, because that's really what you are engaged in doing. So, Carolyn, what's in your background? You are so right. This couldn't be more pertinent um, today, actually. <laughs> this is so funny. I've always been the kind of person that has stood up for what I believe in, and my own family always encouraged me to be that way. And actually, where I really started some heavy activism was about a year ago when I became a member of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. And if you're not familiar with them, we're a group um, that just lobbies for gun safety and gun violence prevention. And I got so into it that I became the lead in our town. So I run this group myself, um, and in this current political climate, I have just know that it's so important for Molly to understand everything that's going on in the news um, and how hateful it is. And so I, I try to lead by example by 
always been willing to make the call to my senators or to the House of Representatives by taking Molly to marches. Um, Molly went to the Women's March this year. Um, I'm just trying to show her that, that activism for human rights has to be a part of her soul, as, you know, it's always been a part of mine. Um, I'm a teacher of going into my 19th year, and I teach middle schoolers, and I know they're so impressionable, and um, I just want to be a role model for them for standing up for what you believe in. Um, and it's just funny that you're, you're asking me about this today because I'm taking some real flack <laughs> from the Illinois State Right Rifle Association today for um, some bills that we just helped to get passed. Um, so, yes, you are definitely talking to an activist family on many levels. Okay. But the LGBTQ community is by far our number one issue priority just because we have so many people in our lives. Um, I feel like I'm talking in circles. Am I answering your question? You've done it. No, <laughs> you've done a really, really, a, a really great job. And and when you talk about um, activism being part of trying to make it part of Molly's soul, Molly, do you feel that? I mean, do you feel that what's happening right now with you, and maybe what's been happening within the last year as you've been watching your mom, do you think that this in some way has imprinted you for what will be the rest of your life? would kind of say so because I would like to follow in their footsteps in my mom's footsteps and be as proud and open and fight for what's right okay. for people and I totally agree with everything that she's doing and I would like to continue it. Okay, so so Molly, you are you've you've um, created a um, a Facebook fundraising for this gay pride parade that you plan in june of 2019 is that right yes and how much have you raised so far eighty five hundred dollars we are so close to what our goal says on gofundme and what and what is the goal ten thousand okay all right and and uh do you think that that's going to be enough to get you a, a parade in buffalo grove we're really hoping for thirty thousand but 10,000 is definitely on its way there. All right. And so, I'll speak to this a little because children don't always understand all the ins and outs of the financial. So with the, the $10,000, we could certainly put on a parade, um, but we want to put on the most beautiful, classy, elegant event, just like Aurora did, and we're shooting for 30 because that's what they told us they had raised. Okay. Um, but we do plan to make this a year-long journey, and it's way more than just the parade. We already have a couple events set up. For example, we're going to be having one on October 11th, which is, as you know, National Coming Out Day, where we're going to show that lovely teenage romance with two gay boys called Love, Simon, yep. invite the community to come and charge a little bit extra per ticket um, and have a raffle and a fundraiser with it. So to bring education and awareness and normalcy to these issues in our community, yet still be fundraising for the parade. So we really wanted to push it out. We didn't want to have it right away because we wanted to have time to educate the community throughout the year so that everybody was really excited about this culminating event. Okay. And I'm not sure if you've been on my Facebook and maybe seen some of Molly's videos, but we've been trying to answer questions that people ask of gay people. Um, one of them was, gosh, you're only 12. How could you possibly know you're gay? Which is one of the most infuriating questions for her and for myself. So she made a little video just politely explaining why that is that she knows. And we're hoping to continue to make these videos as a family just to educate in our community. And so if people want to uh, catch those videos, where would they go to? It's Facebook. What's, uh, what is the handle? They are, they are on my Facebook page at um, Carolyn Heyman Pinta. And can you but spell? Can you spell I'm Heyman? I'm thinking that perhaps we could. Oh, you know what? Here's an even better one. We have a page set up for the parade already, where we have all of those things, okay. and it is called BG Pride 2019. Okay, great. So we have um, a little bit less than a minute, a uh, minute and a half, Molly. Let me all just right. ask you this, okay? You're 12 years old. I mean, I know the pressures of middle school. You're going into seventh grade. Um, what? To, how are you going to stand tough when you go to school? Because you know you're going to get, you know, some ridicule. You get some pushback. How are you going to stand tough? So 
school, we have this GSA, and they're very, very proud of who they are and open, and it just makes you really want to be who you are. And the GSA is very supporting, and we don't really get ridicule at our school. Okay. Well, uh, well, and I hope that that is the case, Molly. Okay? But if it is not... All right, because I'm going to guess there's never been a 12-year-old at your school that's ever tried to put on a gay pride parade. If it is, uh, yeah. Okay, if it is not, will you remember this, please? Okay? Will you remember that you matter? And will you remember that you have far more grit, far more resiliency than you know? Okay? I'm just telling you that. Thank and, you. And I want you to know that you've got an idealist out here in Minnesota who thinks the world of you and, and, of, you. Your, and of your mom. And I want you to know if there's anything that I can ever do to help you, okay? For example, you put that parade on and you want a national speaker to come speak, I'll come to it, okay? I'm just letting oh you gosh, know I that. I would love it if you How came. So, you are booked. Okay. I'll email you later. So, <laughs> I would and, love it so much if you came. Okay. Well, I'm just putting that out there for you right now. All right? I would be willing to do that. Um, but thank in the, you so much. Well, and in the meantime, thank you so much. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for believing in yourself and believing in the goodness of the world because that's what this takes. All right? And thank you for just hanging tough. Okay? Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been great to talk to you. Great to talk to you, Carolyn. And, Thank um, you, Allie. Thank all right. And listeners, we've been speaking with Carolyn and Molly Pinta from Buffalo Grove, New York, about Molly's brilliant idea to have a parade, gay pride parade, very first one in Buffalo Grove next June, which maybe I'll be speaking at. Who knows? When we come back, I'll do my last segment um, where I will talk about another youth, um, but not so not empowered whatsoever and the consequences that come when someone isn't allowed to live authentically we'll be back in a minute thanks hello this is ellen krug from hidden edges radio when i'm not on the radio i'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us more than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Northeast Minneapolis is known for its creativity, and you'll know exactly why when you eat at Hazel's Northeast. Their creatively prepared comfort food will have you coming back week after week. Breakfasts like biscuits and gravy, granola pancakes, and brisket hash. For lunch, homemade soup, and one of the best Rubens in town. And don't miss the daily risotto or Chef Ali's ever-changing dinner specials. Come on in. Bring the whole family. Hazel's Northeast delivers real good food. Family owned at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Hi, this is Gregory Rich from Habitation Furnishing and Design, and I'd like you to tune in to a new program, Drink in the Style. Sundays at 5 p.m., Drink in the Style is going to be a one-hour conversation about interior design and aesthetics, all while enjoying a cocktail created by a local mixologist. 
Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m., brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. We're back on Ellie 2.0. I'm sorry I was sitting there rocking out to the, how great the music is. Oh, my goodness. I'm having fun. I don't know if you're having fun, but I am having fun. And, oh, my gosh, Molly Pinta, 12 years old, visioning to have a gay pride parade in her, I'm sure, very straight town of Buffalo Grove, Illinois. 80,000 people, and they don't have a, a gay pride a, a celebration or event. What's up with that? But you know what? You got a 12-year-old who's going to change that. Amazing. And of course, the support of her mom, Carolyn. I mean, yes, 12-year-olds, they do need the support of their parents. Um, Dan Eldon had that. I'm encouraged by his parents to go out and explore the world. Encouraged by his mother to be a photojournalist. Now, keeping with our theme about youth and about empowerment and living authentically and how that fuels idealism, I now want to share and talk in my last segment, my C segment, about a youth that I met last year who did not have that, who didn't get that empowerment and the, and the consequences that come with that. So... And in this segment, I talk about my work, okay? I am an idealist. You know that. Um, I am trying to make a difference in the world. And so um, among the things that I do in the world, um, I meet with people. I do. I, um, I have what I call my standing offer. That I'll meet with any human in a public place to talk to them for up to an hour about anything related to surviving the human condition. And last year, and, this, and among the things that I do is I meet with youth. LGBTQ youth, yes, but also straight youth um, as well. But last year, uh, and so some of that work takes place in shelters. And last year, I um, went to a shelter here in the Twin Cities um, where youth were in crisis. This shelter um, has both an acute um, facility that is where people come in and they stay for, you know, uh, three or four days and then they and then they go back to where they were or it houses them as well. Although um, I just got an email saying that maybe they're no longer going to be housing kids. I don't know. Um, so uh, so last year I was out at this shelter and speaking to a number of LGBT a number of LGBTQ youth, mainly youth who were transgender or gender nonconforming. And one of those um, people that I met was a 17-year-old transgender boy. So this would be somebody who had been assigned female at birth because of their genitalia, having a vagina, um, but who identifies as male. So that's a trans boy. This 17-year-old trans boy had been at this shelter for a number of weeks. Um, and uh, the person who administers helps these youth thought that it would be good that I talked with uh, these three kids and I don't I'm not going to talk about the other two but I want to talk about this 17 year old trans boy we're going to call him Jake that is not his real name um, certainly um, I want to protect his privacy um, so my approach when I speak with youth you know is to be very deferential I mean I have a strong personality I know that um, and I, you know, I don't want that to uh, overshadow any of our conversation. And for the most part, I let them do all the talking. You know, I want them to be able to share their perspective. Um, I know that they live in a different world, a different scene than what I do. I mean, I'm 61 years old. My scene is way, way different than what our young LGBTQ people are experiencing. So I want to listen. And at the right opening, I want to share some things, some ideas, some tips that maybe I could offer 
the younger person, particularly tips about grit and resiliency. You heard me actually just do that with Molly in the last segment to talk about how resilient that she is, the grit that she has that she doesn't even know that she has. Often I will tell um, these LGBTQ youth that I respect them. And you, you should, and the looks I get from them when I say that I respect you, I mean, they don't even respect themselves. And so they find it hard to believe that I would respect them. Um, but it's true. I mean, I do respect them. I mean, my God, what they've gone through. So with this 17-year-old, with Jake, I did all of that. I talked about grit and resiliency and respect. And then he asked if he could share with me why he was at the shelter. And I said, of course. And what I heard from Jake so broke my heart. Now, Jake, as I said, is a transgender boy. He identifies as male. And for him, as well as with so many other trans boys and trans youth, masculine clothing is very important. I mean, clothing becomes the vehicle for transgender people to express their authenticity I mean, I'm not proud of it, but when I was, before I transitioned, I used to wear women's underwear. I did, okay, I know that sounds kind of freaky, and some of you are like, what's this all about? But work with me, okay, because that was a way for me to at least feel that I had some authenticity as being female. So for Jake, a trans boy, masculine cloth, clothing was important. And um, unfortunately... Jake lived in a very intolerant household. He did not live in the kind of household that Molly lives in. He lived in a household where he was not accepted, where the idea of him being male rather than female was unacceptable. And his mother insisted that he dress in feminine clothes. But somehow, secretly, somewhere on the side, Jake had been able to get a hold of a sweatshirt that was very masculine in appearance. Um, he didn't really describe it, but I had a sense that it was associated with some kind of sports team, but it looked like a dude's sweatshirt. And he was a high school student. He had a locker at the high school, and he stashed that sweatshirt in his locker. And how it worked for Jake was this, that he would leave the house dressed as a girl, because that was what his mother insisted. I'm assuming he was not dressing in skirts and dresses, but he was wearing at least something that looked like a feminine top, because his mother demanded that, because his mother did not recognize who he was. But once he got to school, he would put the sweatshirt on over his top, over his girl's top. So now he had at least some form of authenticity, had this thing to hold on to, this thing that he could wear, that he could, he could clothe himself in, and that would make him feel better because he really is a boy. And all of this work, so he would go to school, he would wear the girls' tops to school, and then he would put on the sweatshirt, and then he would be, at least feel that he was a boy and be able to at least live as himself. And all of that worked well until one day when Jake got home. And when he got home, he found his mother waiting at the top of the stairs. She was quite furious. And she was furious because the school had called and asked, why was she sending her child to school every day in the same clothes? She confronted Jake. It was the same argument that Jake had heard over and over again about that he was not a boy, that he was a girl, that he had to conform to her rules, that he had to live as a girl. The argument escalated until mom then did the unspeakable. She kicked Jake down the stairs, all because Jake simply wanted to live as himself, all because he wanted to wear a man's sweatshirt, because Jake is male, he is a boy. Hearing this, of course, broke my heart. I told Jake that what his mother did was so wrong. And that he should keep in mind that soon he'd be 18 and able to live his life as he wanted. He was 17 years old in a shelter for battered youth. And that was frust I was frustrated that that's all I could do was just say, hold on, 
Hold on with that grit and resiliency till you are 18. Just hold on until you have the chance to be you. Now, I have not stayed in touch with Jake. I mean, that staying in touch really is up to the youth, not to me. I mean, I am an adult. I have to respond to them reaching out to me. I cannot reach out to them. But his story is one that I have shared across this country as I've spoken about the challenges that our youth have of being LGBTQ, of being themselves. And his story is a story about someone attempting to snuff authenticity, about someone not allowing the human spirit, trying to keep the human spirit from seeing the daylight. And the thing about that human spirit, the thing about that authenticity, is that when it shows up, when we live as authentic humans, whether it's LGBTQ or whether it's something else, whether it's as a photojournalist, whether it is as an artist, whether it is whatever, when we allow that authenticity show up, other amazing things can happen. Like the idealistic spirit can be unleashed. But if you snuff a child's authenticity, if you, if, you make them, if you make them stuff it, if you tell them that they are not good enough being who they are, we'll never see that idealism. It'll never show up. It'll never be present. Because that child will learn that, that the worst thing they could do is ever be themselves. You know, and you've heard me say this before, protect our children. Protect the child that you have and look out for the child that you don't. Please. It's been a good show talking about our youth and about idealism. Please um, tell others about this show. And I need to thank our sponsors, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential facility and outpatient recovery center. And Branding Electrolysis, tell Bev, please, that I sent you. And let her know that I recommended you. She does great work at Brending Electrolysis in St. Paul. We need other sponsors. I would love to have more sponsors. Thank you. And a big thanks to Brett Johnson. I could not do this show without you, Brett. You are so incredibly wonderful. You know that. And to you, my listeners, thank you so very much. I'll be back next week with more. Take care.